This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Are we having fun yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right? From those commercials? Beer commercials. Right? Alexander Chester. And Av, I love it that sometimes for no reason you're late for shul. I'm Av Sinetsky, and if you meet me at Alex's intro in about 10 seconds, he'll tell you what movie we're talking about today. I'm Eitan Bednarsh, and if I want to smear mud on my ass, I'm going to smear mud on my ass. I'm just going to be honest about it. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast. Uh, for most of the last three months and for the next couple of months, uh, a Party Down podcast. We are here today to discuss Wet Hot American Summer, which was originally released in New York City on July 27th, 2001. And Av, I think this is the longest we've gone since we started this whole process between podcasts. Yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice not having to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, um, and this one was delayed a couple of times. Apologies um, for my part, most uh, for sure, in the most recent one. Uh, we also had another podcast that we were going to release later but record earlier where we had <laughs> Uh, a guest of, of relative prominence who, unfortunately, the timing ended up didn't work out, so we had to cancel. But we went and got a guest of even more pro- uh, more prominence, I would say, uh, a person that we've certainly from the comedy world. Sure. We've both known this gentleman for a majority of our lives. He was my roommate for a year, a, a very pivotal year in my life, probably, I would say. Uh, Eitan Bednarsh, brother of a, a listener, an occasional commenter, Amir, as well. So, Eitan, welcome uh, to Pretty, 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 Pretty Good. What is it about Wet Hot American Summer in particular that uh, attracted you? To, to do a podcast about it uh what had american summer is one of the best comedies of all time i think mm-hmm. is what attracted me to to it uh it is so good and so fun and everything that a movie can be when you just free yourself up to just follow whatever you think is is funny this movie is so great and High tell praise. me a little bit are you like are you a are you a david wayne guy are you a the state guy like or, or is it just this movie in particular yes 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 and yes well i i recently listened to your uh, episode on the 10 where actually i got a shout out on that episode for uh citing and still saying to this day as a goof uh Correct. many many times to Ab over the years uh alex i too often say burger king uh when i when i pass by <laughs> Yeah, um, I said I said woundies today, actually. And woundies, yes. I I I I mean, I love I love these films. I love all of these films. I the ten I saw twice in movie theaters. Wet Hot American Summer. I mu- I I must have seen this movie fifteen to twenty times, <laughs> and it's like not an exaggeration. And and um, even like the the lesser known ones, they came together is great. Uh, I can't remember the the name of the the Netflix uh, movie that they did for. Um, uh, the guy who started the Harvard Lamp. Wanderlust? No, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. That's a different movie. No, no. He, you're talking about I watched it. Um, yeah, with the guy who committed suicide in Hawaii. Yeah, that movie's great too. So I, I don't know. I, I everything David Wayne. You know, I know you guys were was that David Wayne who made that movie? 
I think it is. I think it's the, mm. all the state guys, I think, are, are on that one. And I know you guys are taking suggestions. Oh, a futile and stupid gesture. That's, that's it. it. A futile yeah, and yeah, stupid yeah. gesture. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. In my head, David Wade is kind of like the um, sixth Wayne's brothers. Like, <laughs> David Wade. Yeah. He he's, you don't, when, 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 uh, when people talk about 90s sitcom, uh, 90s uh, sketch history, they really don't give David Wayne enough credit for his role <laughs> in that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is this is great. I mean, Children's Hospital. I don't know if that, I haven't heard it come up on your podcast, but that's. I mean, this crew, they're just they're just the best. They're just the best. Yeah, and it's not just you know. Obviously, we're fans of them, and, and we're fans of the movies, and I've talked about that a lot. But also, like the 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 topic of this of this movie, which is like a Jewish camp. Uh, base, you know, this film was literally filmed in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, which is where, in in fact, the very summer this movie was released. I was at that camp in Hoodsville, Pennsylvania. I think um, that's, I, I think I know, that was like where I hooked up with a girl for the first time. So like this movie's like very evocative to me. Like it's set 20 years earlier in like 1982 or whatever. And we'll get to that. But like, yeah. other than that, the camp looks very similar to the one I went to um, The and that you guys went to. I say the biggest difference is that like an Orthodox Jewish camp is a bit stricter about sexual interactions than this camp uh, is. A bit, just yeah. a bit, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, um, the, the camp it, is stricter, but the campers are trying to have it. Uh, oh, no, of course, oh, no, yes. Uh, horny teenagers are Horny teenagers. Yes. Well, what what it what it nails perfectly is that like the campers in a camp think camp is about them, but it's really about the counselors having sex with each other. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And which, as a staffer, you realize. But I've actually like my wife who did not grow up Orthodox and went to Jewish camps that were not at all observe uh, Orthodox. I've asked her like. Like, what were the rules like? Because in our camp, at least us camps, at least ostensibly, the rules were like no physical interaction at all, really, between the genders. Um, and that's obviously not the case um, at, at a non-Orthodox camp. But so I'd ask my wife, I'm like, what are the rules? And she's like, what do you mean? Like, what are the rules? Like, it was it was much more similar to this camp. It was it didn't seem like I mean, you know, they're not letting like children have sex, obviously, but like the staff seem to be able to do whatever they want, basically. Yeah, to- totally. I and you know, like I said, I think when I went to summer camp, the staff pretty much did whatever they wanted there as well. But <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I think it's it's so true. There's something about camp that is for people who have went to camp that is so universal. My wife, as well. I, I grew up Orthodox with 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 you and with you both, Alex and Ab. My wife did not grow up Orthodox, and as I was doing my you know twentieth watch of this movie in preparation for. Uh, for this podcast my wife was watching with me and she's like i gotta tell you like this is exactly how my summer camp was yeah. and i was like i was like yeah i gotta tell you this is exactly how it was for us too like it's it's all they get uh, totally. all the things right yeah yeah i had so much sex in, in uh camp <laughs> yeah by the way honesdale is also mentioned by paul rudd in the opening scene of the 10 which was obviously yes, the next yes. movie that David Wayne would direct in the last movie. That yes. We to be podcast. clear, the movie takes place in Maine, but it's filmed in Honesdale, which yes. is where like basically all the Orthodox summer camps are, are located. Yeah, no, so this camp festivity. was not filmed at the camp I went to in Honesdale. This camp is filmed at, at Camp Tawanda. Yes, but another camp in yeah. Honesdale. Yeah. Well, technically, I don't think the camp you went to is in Hodesdale. It's just near Hodesdale. Yeah, it's like Hodesdale is like the it's like the big city near. Yeah, Hodesdale is like is like is like a, a it's like a mile away. It's like a less than five minute drive. But the camp calls itself yeah. Eden Orchard, so I assume it's in Eden Orchard. Yeah, I don't know yeah. the geography exactly. Famously, yeah. like I've said, Honesdale is the big city. Like yeah, it's, it's the big hub. It's the big hub. Yeah. It, listen, yeah. it has the Walmart and the movie theater. What more could you need? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say it's weird that this movie. Um, Netflix produced both an eight-episode prequel series and an eight-episode sequel series, 
and a documentary about the making of the movie. And yet this movie is not uh, streaming on Netflix. It was for a very long time, but uh, oh. at some point they must have lost the rights. Oh, before the po- we came along. Oh, that's too bad yeah. to hear. Um, also, some of fun facts cast. Elizabeth Banks was working as a cocktail waitress in New York at the time of filming. This is her first time on screen. Bradley Cooper, uh, his first time on screen. He missed his own yep. graduation from the actor studio. I saw that. I saw that. From, to be uh, at this movie. His, like his MFA program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also, uh, by the way, if you ever watch the inside the actor studio, there's like he, he's like him as a student. It gets like, you know, quick, like cameo, like uh, like crowd shots a lot. Very. Yeah. Very related. I skipped my college graduation to go to Maine with friends. Wait, actually, actually, <laughs> so I just realized at this exact moment. Yeah, that's very funny. To I, Maine yeah. specifically. I, yeah, but it wasn't what was because it wasn't any of their graduation because I was like a year ahead than most yeah, of my friends. Okay. I didn't see yeah. the, the Israel year. Um, so like they were all going and I was like, I could either like stand in like a room for like two hours and be bored or I could go with my friends to Maine for like a week. Like it wasn't yeah. really uh, a tough choice. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Av, like Bradley Cooper in this movie, got a Shays Lounge out of out of that trip. So that was uh, very <laughs> nice for you. <laughs> Av and Bradley Cooper are basically the same person, I think. Yeah, we are. We are. Our lives have gone in very similar directions. Yeah, then. you both spent um, time in Philadelphia. Same, yeah, you're we exactly have the same, same. number of uh, Best Director Oscar wins. Oh yes. <laughs> um, Paul Rudd says that Wet Hot is the primary reason why Adam McKay let him join the cast of Anchorman. Hmm. Yeah, um, Elizabeth Elizabeth Banks said that she was cast in the Forty Year Old Virgin because Seth Rogen was a Wet Hot American Summer fan. Wow. Um. Yeah, yeah, we got, tried got, to get Paul Rudd, but apparently he has like some big movie coming out next week. Yeah. He's busy. <laughs> um, Janine Garofalo, the, the camp that they filmed at Camp Tawanda in Honesdale, Janine Garofalo saw Hank Azaria's name carved into a bunk bed at the camp while they were filming. Uh-huh. And so she called him because they had been uh, in, in Mystery Men together. And she said, what gives? And Azaria said, oh, yeah, I went to that camp for 10 years as a kid. <laughs> he also so said there. he also said it was fantastic. Some of the happiest times of my life. Which is oh, uh, which nice. is good. Yeah. Well, it seems like a lovely camp. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What camp to wander or, or or the camp in the camp in the movie? I I, I don't know. In both. Sure. All, yeah. All the camps um, are great. Yeah. The, the, except the for concentration movie. camps. So the, the movie title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've been I've been reading a book about Eichmann for like all all, all day. <laughs> you know, uh, who had who I, had twenty who had twenty two minutes? When I agreed to do a wet hot American summer podcast, I knew that we would get to Eichmann. I just yeah. knew it. Yeah, I'm probably not this time. time. It's usually me. Uh, so the the t- movie title is a reference to like the Robin Williams uh, line from Good Morning Vietnam, right? Oh, I don't know. I've never seen Good Morning uh, Vietnam. I'm gonna. Oh, oh so he's like, uh, there's a famous line in the movie. He says, "It's hot and wet out there," which is nice if you're with a lady, but you know, not good when you're in the jungle or something like that. Um, so I thought that's where you know, I thought that's where wet hot. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe it was in the uh, the pop culture oeuvre before uh, that movie. Even I don't know. There's a there's a song that plays over the credits that has the phrase "Wet Hot" and "American Summer" in it, and I couldn't figure out if it was a, a rap song that existed before the movie or something that they wrote for the movie. So I read the that they it was written for the movie. Okay, okay, yeah, which is the same thing that they do in the tent. So it's like a David Wayne thing apparently to get these like sort of tongue like uh, humorous rap songs. Over, well, this way over. he could win both an Oscar and a Grammy for his work. Yes. Well, he, for some reason, he's been stubbed for both. It's despicable. It's terrible. But um, on that note, should we hop into the movie? Uh, yeah, we may as well. Uh, we're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, may, we may as well go through the movie. Okay.
which starts out, as you said, on August 18th, 1991, just before dawn at 5.57 a.m. And I will tell you, this is the part of the movie that bothers me the most about this movie, is that they say (laughs) that this is the last day of camp. Oh, okay, yes. And I understand that they're doing that because, like, they're kind of, like, going for, like, a dazed and confused look thing here. There's something about the last day of camp that is, I guess, necessary for Coop's story to make sense. But it does not apply in any way, shape, or form to anything else that happens in this movie. Nothing else in this movie makes sense as happening on the last day of camp. This is a regular day of camp. But it's not just that. This isn't the last day of camp. The next day is the last day of camp. This is the last full day because the next day is a half day when they go home. It's the last full day. Yeah, um, that I'm okay with. In what world would it make sense to have the talent show on any night other than the (laughs) last day of camp? You have people going on rafting trips. People are doing (laughs) rafting. It's just a regular day. They're playing baseball. They're playing an intramural against another camp on the last day of camp. That's insane. A kid gets kicked out of camp on the last day of camp. Send him home tomorrow morning on the bus. (laughs) multiple kids are murdered or just are left for dead if if the the camp called me on the last day of camp and said we are throwing your kids out of camp because they murdered someone i would say (laughs) okay send them on the bus tomorrow (laughs) yeah (laughs) let me ask you a question actually let's Let's say that you and, and Eitan, I, I don't think your uh, your child is of camp age yet, so it might not be relevant for you. But uh, you can chime in also. Av, uh, if you get a call, your 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 daughter's at sleepaway camp, and you get a call, your daughter's done X Y Z. She's kicked out of camp. Like not like not something horrifically bad, but something that like you get kicked out of camp for. You understand? So you have to you know right. discipline her. But you and your wife, because your daughter's at camp, hypothetically, let's pretend it's the younger daughter. You and your wife are on a vacation, and you've gone to to L.A. Okay. Are you flying back, like canceling your vacation, coming back from LA early to like to to like deal with your kid? I think so. Yes, if it's no, bad I that they got caught, that they got kicked out of camp. I, I agree. So, yeah. Okay, so LA, hundred percent. Now, let's say you're in Italy. <laughs> um, I mean, I think you have to. Like, I think that's just part of being a parent. If you're so, if your kids did something bad enough that they're getting kicked out of camp, then oh. I think that's something that requires because, your I think in, like, in-person presence. Well, because my position was going to be once you cross the seas, and I guess it, it depends on what they exactly did. But let's say it was something like right. relatively minor. But it's like I would say to the camp, like, I'm sorry, we're overseas, we're in international waters. Like we were yeah. not, you know, like, you're, you're invoking pirates law, basically. Yes, <laughs> I'll be home. I'll be home in a week or, or whatever the case. Now, uh, yeah. But um, because I, I had a friend where this exact thing happened. His, his kid got kicked out of camp for like, I understand why the camp kicked him out, but it wasn't. And, and, he, and if he's and if he's your kid, you're gonna punish him for sure. But if I have to cancel my vacation, my friend was in Spain and was supposed to be going to Italy, and instead, his wife and he had to cancel their flight and fly back to America. I'm like, I'd be so mad. And like the kids' punishment gets ten times worse. You know. Oh, you know what? Sure. You know what the kids' punishment really is. There is that at every single milestone or family gathering for the rest of his life, his parents yeah. are going to bring yes. up how they had to come home from Italy for. Yes, one hundred percent. it's going to be in a enough. wedding speech. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So we have our uh, let's say narrator of our movie, who we uh, we learn later that only we can hear him, not the campers. Um, yes. But this is Artie, the radio host, otherwise known as the beekeeper. And he's encouraging everyone, you know, it's their last chance to find that special someone for the obligatory kiss at the end of the last night of camp talent show. You don't want to have to invent a fake summer romance when you get back home, so better cash in today. Um, Either of you ever invent a fake summer, a fake summer romance? No, but it's like a thing in pop culture. How much does it happen in real life? I, I feel like I went to a summer camp with someone who legitimately faked, uh, like, a real world romance that they talked about the whole time. And I, I felt like it was not true. 
So in camp, they were talking about a girl back home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think this is happening at all. And I guess this is just like <laughs> if the truster got to know the know the people. But I was like, nah. And there was, and there was no one else in the camp that was like from their town who. Yeah, there was, was no one from the town. There was, yeah, <laughs> this is like a total. I was like, oh, I don't think so. I don't buy it. This is yeah, why. Well, this I is why you don't that. want to make it up. I applaud that because camp is your opportunity to reinvent yourself and be a different person. That's true. Um, I know I was. Nah, I was the same person. Um, we um, will also later learn that this kid doesn't shower. So, you know, it's, if we're talking about strategies for finding the special someone, you may want to start with that rather than worrying about whatever advice he's offering. Um, now, I'm going to defend yeah. him here for a second. Um, I went <laughs> as a child, um, which, you know, when, when I sort of because they're mostly like you know deep in the recesses of my mind but when i sometimes sort of like remember some things that happened from that camp like it was a legitimately like like very evil place where like very bad things were happening and like the the control was insane in the 90s were apparently a different era like this camp would be closed in one second today um a lot of bad things happened there anyway we did not have we had like only group showers there and you did not feel safe especially as like a younger boy in the shower without your swimsuit on without getting into greater detail. And so like we would all wear our swimsuits um, in the shower because like, you know, it was like a lot of guys stuffed into a shower and like crazy things were happening. Anyway, once a year, the uh, director of the camp or maybe more like once every few weeks, like the director of the camp would like line up all the boys on like the boys bunk section and would scream at us, no swimsuits allowed in the showers, which presumably he was saying because like there were some kids who were pulling an arty and like weren't washing under there. But um. You know, but like the way it sounded to us was like he was like basically blessing the uh, the, the older kids to come do terrible things to us <laughs> in the showers. And so I'm just saying, like, from Marty's perspective, I understand the idea. If you happen to go to a criminal camp, I understand the idea of uh, being petrified of like taking a shower at camp. So I'm uh, yeah, I, I feel like there is um, a lot to unpack. 40 therapist sessions in those three minutes of, yes. of podcasting that, yeah. that will we're, we're just going to move time. past it. This but yeah, I, 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 what I do think is this, is this is something that is so true about camp. Every camp, every bunk, every year has just like the smelly kid who will not yeah. shower. Yeah. Yeah, I so I there was uh there was a kid that I was a counselor of who the there was a period of time during um the summer for Orthodox Jews where people don't shower as a matter of like the law or like don't shower as much. It's called like the nine days. Um, Wait, what? Like, sorry, people don't shower at all so, during the nine days. Some people don't. Some people don't t- only take cold shower. Whatever. There's like different things that people oh, do. There's some people who that. don't shower. No showering yeah, at there, all. No, this there was crazy. a kid who told me that like his custom and his family is that they don't shower for the entirety of the three weeks, which is like this <laughs> longer period. That's no, true. that's not true. <laughs> the, that, that kid was pulling it already. Right. So, but he this kid like basically didn't want to shower the whole summer. He like he kept making up you know halachic orthodox law reasons why I couldn't require him to shower. Um, yeah, so I'm yeah, sure you can invoke uh, a more senior uh, or rabbinical staff member to uh defeat to disabuse him. Of yeah, I don't remember how it how it yeah. played out. I think I kind of just like wiped my hands clean to the whole situation. It was just like whatever. I'm just gonna. <laughs> I think I I think I probably, he, he refused that, to do that. Right, that was the only thing yeah. clean in this situation. Yeah, I think I like went to like the division head and told him, and he was like, "All right, whatever, I'll handle it" or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, whatever. This mm-hmm. is not my problem anymore." Um, but, so yeah, it turns out this kid is Lloyd Broad. He just like ringing the bell. His phone. His uh recording equipment wasn't plugged in this is a good time to, re- to say alex you're recording this podcast right yes yes okay we've never missed a podcast like that um i don't think we have that's true no yeah 32 fans in the early days a couple of times here and there yeah yeah um okay so 
we'll dive into the you know more into like the the heart of the movie. Um, I I think you know we're gonna try to go like somewhat chronologically here, but this movie just like crosses back and forth too much. So I think we'll kind of try to do like uh, pairings or stories together, and then you know we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I I think it was would be too crazy to do purely pro- chronological, and uh, my notes are not in purely chronological order, so we're not gonna do that. Mm. Um. So like kind of the first uh, group of people that we meet and probably just like the real, you know, the main story to the extent there's a, a main story in this movie is this love triangle between Andy, Katie and Coop, um, Paul Rudd, Connie from the Mighty Ducks and Michael Showalter, respectively. And we, you know, the way we're introduced to this is we see Paul Rudd, uh, Andy and Katie making out and Coop is looking on. And uh, Katie teases him. He whispers, I want you inside me, which doesn't really make sense. Um, and she walks away. Um, then we, um, you know, a, a little bit later, we'll see them making out again. And she's like, in like the nicest possible voice, she's like, could we maybe at some point in the future go on a walk together for a short period of time? And he's like, fuck you. You're suffocating me. I hate you. <laughs> Um, it's yeah, funny they go to we, they go to great lengths to show that he has no redeeming characteristics whatsoever, <laughs> except that he's hot. And and of so course, Alex, because we, it's Paul Rudd, somehow it's still okay. Yeah, like <laughs> right. So we, Alex and I were talking about that we couldn't come up with a single character that Paul Rudd ever plays where he's like not a good guy, and this actually probably is the only one. But even here, to your point, it's like it's still impossible not to like him. Well, but I mean, I said in the ten, in the ten, he's like pretty irredeemable also yeah, and yet he's, we still like him yeah he's a full asshole in this movie at every point there's never a point where he's not but man is he fun to watch <laughs> yeah he's great um then uh we meet Ken Marino who plays Victor yeah uh by the way he walks wants- on screen as Victor and immediately is throwing 100 miles an hour <laughs> he's yes. like Ken Marino is so good I really love him so much is his, is his uh, first line in this? Is his first line? Were you just talking to Katie? Does she want to fuck me? Is that is that his yeah, first line? Yes, yes. She assumes Katie wants to fuck him. We'll see. Victor seems to think that many of the girls in camp want to fuck him. Mm. Uh, his defining characteristic is that girls want to fuck him. Yes. Um. The the one like kind of throwaway character we meet is this nerdy guy who comes over. He tries to talk to a group of girls. And they call him a douchebag, which he takes as a compliment since douchebags are a hygiene product. Yes. <laughs> Um, okay, so who else do we have here? We have Some, somebody uh, outed Av in uh, 32 fans last week. Somebody was going through my like tweets from 2009. They and I had a, me? Uh, no, I had, I, had, I had a douchebag related tweet quoting, uh, quoting uh, my wife, Dr. Jen. What's that with me? No, no, we just uh, we we're talking about uh, douchebags and how it's a hygienic product because uh, oh, you were addressing me. I think you were, I thought you were. Oh, no, no, no. My wife, my wife has takes about douchebag, like as douches, like the literal products, apparently. <laughs> Oh, I see. Or she did 13 years ago anyway. Okay. Um, let's, so let's, yeah. have, let's have three guys, three middle-aged guys <laughs> talking about douchebags for a little while. That makes sense. Middle-aged, oof. Uh, yeah, but my, da- my dad said to me today, he's like, you know, when I was in my 40s, I was doing something, something, something. And I said, well, I have excellent news here because I'm not in my 40s for another few months. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have months. Many months. Many months, yeah. yes. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, so our next pairing is uh, the incomparable Amy Poehler and Bradley Cooper duo. Uh, mm. They bring so much joy to this movie. Uh, but they're looking for recruits for the talent show, which they'll be putting on tonight. And this is going to be a serious musical number. They're making sure everyone knows that at the outset. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't this isn't regional theater. I think that's clear. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Those who are not up to par need not apply. 
Yes. And there's definitely people at camp who, uh, when you're not at a specialty camp for like, you know, the dramatic arts or whatever, who, but in, in every field of whatever the, the performance is, there's people taking it way too seriously. So that's very perfect. Um, and then we have uh, Beth, played by Janine Garoppolo, mm-hmm. who meets up with this guy, Professor Henry Newman. Yeah, now, and Av, to your point, it is the uh, last day of camp. Yeah, it seems like it's the first day of camp. <laughs> that the camp director meets the person who has a punk on who campus. Who lives in the camp? He lives on campus. <laughs> what is that? I don't understand. What is he? But he, doesn't, is he? he doesn't work at the camp. He doesn't work, he doesn't at, work the at the camp. camp. He just lives in the <laughs> camp. But somehow the director creep, never never. There's a creepy physics him. professor who lives in the camp? Yeah. I think I think without it being the last day of camp, you just lose the stakes, right? Yeah. Like she no, could talk to him some I understand. I know did. why they did it. It just doesn't make sense. Well, yeah. Um, by the way, I um uh, you, you if in this scene, in the first scene where they meet, David Hyde Pierce and Janine Garofalo's breath is like very visible as they're talking to each other. Yeah, apparently it was the winter where they filmed. No, so they filmed in May and it rained every single day of filming. Ah, but it must yeah. have been very cold for us to see their breath. Yeah. Like Yeah, I know. I saw that it was very cold. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, they go, you know, they introduce each other and, uh, she's like, why don't you come some, sometime and teach some of the kids about science? And he's like, nah, <laughs> uh, but then later, but then later he goes to the dining hall in search of, uh, children who he can teach science to. Um, and you know, this story really will, 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 will circle back to more later for now. Um, you know, Beth is trying to impress, uh, Henry. And she goes to Katie to get some, like, uh, clothing tips and dressing tips on how she could look hot. Um, she's like, well, like, first of all, like, you should, like nothing should be involve pants. Like, you don't wear these pants if you want to be hot. Um, you know, you've got to put in some mousse, which seems like she's never heard of before. But uh, Katie's going to set her straight. And, you know, they, uh, they go over to talk, but um, it's, like, super awkward. So she's, like, realizes that I guess I need to learn so that I have something to talk to him about. And she goes to her friend Nancy, and she's like, hey, do you know where I could get a book about physics? And she's like, how about the library? And she's like, great idea. Um, The professor will then come to her and say, um, he's interested in finding a book about camp directing, so that he has what to talk to about, uh, to to Beth about, which I liked. um, Because otherwise, this was going to be like a very, like, tropey thing of like the girl having to like win over the guy yeah the fact that it goes both ways and they made his like very stupid and pathetic and sad like co- completely reverses that like she's going to learn about a real thing yeah he's like there's no books about camp directing uh now but, but of course but, um but before Beth, but before uh, they go to the library there's a throwaway yeah. line which is a running theme through all the david wayne movies which uh-huh. is um, Be- Be- Beth can't think of the name of any astrophysicist and that's and so she sort of she runs off from Henry the excuse she gives is she says I have to go meet Jim Stansel oh, so okay. so Jim Stansel um, this is the first Jim Stansel reference um, Jim Stansel is in the 10 he's the one with the huge penis who um, who Paul Rudd's <laughs> uh, wife uh, ends up dating after after him uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, he's he's in Wanderlust he's in role models and um, David Wayne in a Reddit AMA in 2012 said Jim Stansel was the name of a guy who used to work with my dad when I was like 10 years old. We have a Super 8 movie of him up in a hot air balloon for a radio station promotion in Dallas. And my dad's going, that's Jim Stansel. That's Jim Stansel. And so the name is always stuck in my head. I just love the name. And then in episode five of the Netflix prequel series, we finally meet Jim Stansel for the first time after David Wayne drops his name in every movie. And he's played by Michael Sarah there. That Very is amazing. So, thank yeah. you, so, so, thank so, you for yeah. that, Alex. That's Jim, Jim Stansel, uh, look out for him uh, next time you're watching a David uh, David Wayne movie. 
Yeah, so Beth is going to head to town to go to the library, uh, but Nancy asks her, when you go to town, could you please pick me up some lube for my pussy? Because yes. my husband is coming. Yes, of course. In this this uh, this movie has like 55 just incredible line readings, and yeah. this one is so good. It's just such a good line reading. Yeah, and also reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Curb Reference, since we're, of course, we're a Curb podcast. The first time that Larry is told about the itch on the daughter's pussy. It's sort of like the similar line reading, just like the throwaway casualness. That was Vicky Lewis, right off. That was Vicky Lewis. Guest of the yeah. podcast. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. Um, so this will later result in what to me is by far the best scene of this movie, which is where this Beth takes the whole staff to town. Oh, um, yeah. For like first of the like, she had the, the concept of like she has no choice to, but to take them because they have jumped into the back of her truck, which yeah. is like just like a classic like movie trope. Like what, what, what else is she going to do? Um, but hold on. But then, we were uh, all, we were like all staffers camp at camps like in Honesdale, and it was like a big exciting thing at night. Like who had a car, who had space in their oh, car. Oh, I agree. But yeah. it wasn't like, oh, the camp director is going to town. Like everyone gets to go with the camp director. And like we, they, they would just say like, no, fuck you. I'm not taking it. Sure. But we yeah. also like in our montages in town weren't mugging old ladies and, you know, doing rails and going to drug right. dens. <laughs> you know, we would go to like <laughs> Walmart no or the movie theater. Yes, no, going oh, no. to town was the holy grail when you were yeah. in camp. All you wanted to do was be able to get get to town so you could also, like, if you had a girlfriend, you could, like, sodas. you could touch her wherever you wanted, like anywhere you wanted, <laughs> not have to hide if you're in Well, room. only with consents. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean, I meant the collective you versus like the camp's rules, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I think you also meant when I, anywhere you want, I was referring to of, of her body that you meant of. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Um, yeah, also another uh, not applicable for me. We'll uh, put that in that column. Um, so yeah, what starts out with cigarettes ends with a heroin dad, um, like like any good day off from camp. Um, it's always fun to get away from camp. Like a half hour, <laughs> even for an hour, even for an even hour. Even for an hour. Um, <laughs> again, another thing that only makes sense if it's a regular day of camp, not if you're going home tomorrow. The, uh, the, the, there's no bad time to start a heroin addiction, <laughs> as, as you mentioned. That Harris Whittle said, before. "It's never and it's never too late in the camp summer to go to town. You you take any opportunity yeah, to go to yeah. town. It's I like, oh, the boss is here to day. take us home. Oh wait, can we get in a quick, 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 quick trip to town first? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we got Molly Shannon doing some arts and crafts. Um, <laughs> she, she's crying hysterically over a brown marker, but we learned that the brown marker is really just a stand-in for her love life. She's crying brown? hysterically over a brown crayon. There's a bo- oh, box full of markers. Yes, thank you. <laughs> apologies, apologies. I wrote that marker. I totally missed the, the entire bit of that scene. Um, All right, yeah. I, I want to make an ode to Gideon Jacobs, who's the actor. Thank who you. The kid. This kid is so fucking perfect. His New York accent is wonderful. He, he he seems like an adult in a child's body. I was trying to find out information about him. Gideon Jacobs is his name. He was a child actor from ages four to 18 and then quit acting and is just having like a successful adult career and totally different stuff. So uh, good job, Gideon, but uh, just phenomenal, perfect execution in this role. I'm so glad you said that, Alex. I was also obsessed with Gideon Jacobs in this movie. And I'm just like, this kid is doing so good. He's doing so good in this. And I, I looked up his IMDb and I just want to read you guys the last lines of his IMDb. Yeah. Gideon does not act anymore, but would be open to opportunities if the right project came along. He loves milk and his friends and family. He lives in Ridgewood, Queens. <laughs> he loves milk. Uh, who doesn't love milk? Milk is a great choice. It, it milk does a body good. It was a great choice. Mm. 
That's amazing. He loves milk. So, yeah. Can we think of a milk-themed project to bring Gideon back to the uh, to Hollywood? We'll work on it, the three of us. Yeah, a milk movie. Oh, Harvey Milk. Mm, yeah, well, that one was right. Too mm. late. So maybe, maybe he was at that. Not according um, to IMDb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Missed opportunity. Uh, but so, yeah. That, that um, so, Gideon, what, what, Gideon, what's his last name? Jacobs? The actor yeah, Gideon so Gideon Jacobs. Is, yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, you know, he shockingly up, another uh, Jew in this movie. <laughs> he gives her massages. Uh, their their relationship will uh, blossom and develop, as we will see later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have Abby now, um, who is so? Who is Abby? Abby is like just like the other hot girl who. Was, no, she's the, kind of she's like right? the camp slut. Well, yeah, we've, that's what we'll eventually learn. But like yeah, at this point, she's just like no, uh, the first mention and the, the weirdest thing to me. So her, uh, okay. The, oh, character's, right, right, right. the character's name is Abby Bernstein, and I have a friend, or I had a friend, and we have been in that touch in recent years, whose name was very similar to Abby Bernstein. I'm not going to say what it is, because now she's like, uh, you know, married and a mom and may not want, but like, she was like- Was she very, a big slut? No, she was very open and <laughs> proud of her sexuality. Oh, okay. However- So, like Abby. She, she used to claim, tongue-in-cheek, but like, she would say it seriously, but obviously she was joking- that the Abby blank character in this movie was based on her and was like named after her because like she was friends, which, which is not true, but it was just like, because she thought she was such a personification of this character and had the same name. And I've misremembered the name as this other girl's name. It's not, it's actually Bernstein as I discovered on, on my most recent watch. I'm like, Oh, I've misremembered the name of that character for, for 25 years. Cause that girl just told me that, that the character <laughs> was named after her, which she wasn't. So that shout out to that. Abby. Liar. That is whoever, so she's a that, slut whoever and your a liar. friend is Abby. That is uh a hell of a flex and good for you yeah. for oh, yeah. your confidence uh-huh. yes, uh, and exactly. control of your body. Way to go, Abby, yes. whoever your last name is. Yeah. It's it's different now anyways on Facebook, I see, than it was back then. Yeah. So she hits on she hits on Victor, they chew gum, they make out. Um and um you know, they they, they try to make up to to get back together later because Beth is now telling him that he has to take some campers with Neil on a rafting trip. And like he tries to get out of it because he wants to be with Abby, but like no, no can do. Which again, if it's the last day of camp, fuck you, Beth. Like, what's she gonna? What are you gonna do? Fire me? It's the last day of camp. I, I think he literally does say that to Beth, but then you know. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, um, uh, to come back to the last day of camp thing, Gail, you know, Gideon Jacobs's uh, uh, lover, the art teacher, she says that her husband Ron left her this morning. So. No. That's what she said. She's my husband. No, she doesn't this say morning. this morning. This morning. Oh, no, I, I don't think so. Wrong. Oh, OK, because oh. yeah, I was confused about that. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a while ago. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. This is also uh, another but... great character, which is such a true thing about camp where it's, it's like there's always one or two people who are like at camp just because they're trying to like reset their lives over that summer. It's it's everything. They capture every type of camp yeah. person correctly in this movie. <laughs> Poor Gail. Um, so yeah, so we get uh, we get Neil and um, Vic going on the trip, and he tells him along the way that actually I'm a virgin. I've never had sex with anybody. You thought I had sex with everybody? <laughs> have a sex with anybody? Um, big shock! Big shock! Big shock! Um, but he, you know what? But that's gonna change tonight. And he dumps off Neil and all the kids <laughs> by like the lake, and he jumps in the car to rush back to be with Art with Abby. But he gets into a car accident and you know can't go any further. Um, which I read, according to David Wayne, this this basically happened to him. Not the like ditching the kids part, but basically he had to like there was like some girl that he was like trying to make out with, 
and <laughs> he like had to go somewhere and like he was like you know what screw it i'm not doing it I'm, like he took one of the cars and tried to drive back and like and like smashed it to a tree um, <laughs> and was like wasn't able to like drive the car like the, the car became like undrivable um and then he, so he, like, started he was running. somehow able to like <laughs> he was like he was he hadn't gotten that far from like where he, like, he had been so like he was able to like walk back <laughs> um this but like good. he said, like eventually they got back and like he did make out with the girl. I think was the end of this. Ah, this is wonderful. this is like this is like a setup for like the most pathetic version of plane trains and automobiles, basically. <laughs> yeah, but these stakes when you're 17 are are extraordinarily high. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. But the what's much funnier than Vic ditching them is is Neil immediately ditching the kids to chase after Victor. Yes, that, of course. That, that, that I died from. To bring him like, back. Oh, he, he has there's a motorbike. A, there's a great line in this scene where he goes, I'm going to bring him back, dead or alive. And one of the kids <laughs> goes, alive. We want him alive. <laughs> that scene with Neil chasing Victor on the motorcycle is probably <laughs> the strangest scene in what is admittedly a very strange movie. Can we, can we give it up for the bale of hay? That he <laughs> that jumps over that. and stops yeah. his motorcycle. That yeah. bale of hay is doing some great, great work. Yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, such a strange, such a strange scene, but uh, yeah, very funny. Yeah. So Vic isn't able to get back, um, and his uh, his spot with uh, with Abby is filled by several other guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there was no shortage of guys to mm. step into. I love. Place. Can I say one other thing I love about this is is um, they get the like short the little shorthand that that kids have for like can we make out or have sex or whatever where it's like do you have any gum do you want to sit on the bed like yeah. these like the little right. like shorthands that you use for like are we both on the same page about this they just it's great yeah that was the uh netflix and chill of 1981 exactly um so yeah, um, so this will eventually end with uh, Neil getting back to camp and telling Beth, and they go looking for Vic, and he's uh, they, they find him in the infirmary, and he comes just in the gist of time to save them right before they go down the waterfall. So that's kind of like uh, that's that's how that whole thing wraps up. Even though that's like at the very end of the movie. So this is what I mean. Like we're not we can't do this in order. It's impossible. Many have tried, all have failed. We're gonna do it our own way. Uh, who's our next group? Uh, we got Gene and Gary working in the kitchen. What do we think about Gene and Gary? Mm. Just my favorite. Just Gene in particular. Gary, I don't have much thoughts about. Yeah. So Gene, also very evocative to me because uh, the summer that I worked at camp, I actually, um, similar to Vic, I was trying to, I, I was supposed to only be there for one month, but then I had a girlfriend and I wanted to stick around for a second month to get back to her. And so the camp said, the only place we will stick you is in the kitchen. And it was one of the worst weeks of my life because of the existence of the genes in the kitchen, basically. <laughs> Oh, I would think uh, the job by itself would already be terrible. Oh yeah, and working in a kitchen is is very bad at camp. It's the it's the worst thing to do. But especially like there's there's always a couple of like aging weirdos, not necessarily Vietnam War veterans, <laughs> right? Maybe, uh, veterans of other uh, military conflicts. But aside yeah. aside from the PTSD that Gene is is dealing with and not dealing with all at, at the same time, that that kitchen person, there was we when you know when I I used to work more like in advertising and would be on on sets and there was always like some person who was in charge of like the craft services table and that person was always the like strictest person on set they were just like you can eat this now you can't then whatever it's like because they're in charge of like the craft services table and we we just started like a friend of mine just started calling this like tiny power and it's like when people yeah, have tiny yes, power and they can yes. run their domain they're the worst people to work with and oh the yes chef, yeah the cook whoever's in charge of the kitchen at camp is the tiniest powerest, tiniest power yeah. of all. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Also, anyone who works behind a counter is like that. Yeah. Uh, not anyone, but a lot of them. Five people on both sides of the counter. <laughs> um, I I always joke that like when you're I tell clients that like when you're dealing with anything involving like a state place like you have the the, the, the secretary of state's office or the, the department of tax you know whatever that um, you might think it operates under corporate law or tax law or banking law but everything actually uh, operates under counter law which is whoever's at the counter makes the law and there's nothing you can do about it because like they're the one who needs to sign the form yeah. So they're like, oh, it has to be faxed. But on the website, it says you can email it. It has to be faxed. Well, okay. <laughs> Alex, in some future scenario where your kid gets thrown out of camp and you're in Italy, you could just blame whoever the person is at the airport or consulate that will not let you get back to yeah. America. Yeah, 100%. Yes. A- a- airports have a lot of those people also. And to be fair, they probably deal with a lot of obnoxious customers. But, you know, it's... Uh, there's a lot of the, the very small power being enforced as dramatically as yeah. possible. Yeah, the worst is like when you go to the airport and you know your bag is like two pounds overweight and you just know, like your entire day now is going to depend on whether at random the person that you get assigned to is going to just be like, well, I feel I'm going to have to like fill out a form or whatever, or they're <laughs> just like, I'm going to ruin this person's day. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's a total coin toss. You have no yeah, idea who you're going to get. For sure, yeah. Totally how they're feeling, either. you know, what kind of day they're having. Just their Whether the person before them was annoying. Right, it's yeah. just like a total luck of the draw. Yeah. They can just be like, ah, whatever, who gives a shit. Or, yeah. oh, excuse me, sir, you need to start taking this out of this. And put, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, sounds like a good way to troll off is, uh, is sneak like a barbell into uh, his uh, suitcase <laughs> right before he's about to leave for the airport. Um, I actually just bought. I didn't know this existed until my last trip. I bought it on Amazon, like a, specifically like a luggage weight, because like you could yeah. you like attach and you hold. It. I didn't know it existed. I always I've been doing for years the thing where I go on the snail, oh, yeah, yeah, I weigh yeah. myself, and then I hold the thing and go on the yes, snail, and then yes. I do subtraction. Yes. Right, but the problem with that plan is that you have to. Step I'm sure on it's the not scale. exactly. Yeah, you have to step on the scale. Yeah, and then you can't really you see it. It's very sad. Yeah, that's oh, all. Yeah, 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 it's correct with that part. Yeah. It's um. Well, I I do the first. I first stand on with the suitcase. Because then I'm like, hold on a second, 256, something's way, way, way much more than it's supposed to be. But I don't know which one it is. I'm about to find out. Yeah. So more, it's much more dramatic that way. That's good. You're like, you're like, then you're like, oh, I hope this uh, suitcase is very overweight. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll pay $100 yeah, for this for to sure, be an 80 yes. pound suitcase. I don't know. All I'm saying is this suitcase really needs to start hitting the gym yeah. again. I don't know what's going All on. All I know is that that was a really, really heavy suitcase. Yeah. It, it felt really heavy, I thought. <laughs> to, be, to be fair to the suitcase, it was just Christmas and New Year's and yeah. Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. You know, it's a lot of exactly. travel for it. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is there's always something is the suitcase is problem because if it's yeah. not holidays and it's a bar mitzvah and if it's not bar mitzvah well you know <laughs> Super Bowl um, or just like work and you want to eat because you're at work and yeah. you know get through the day so you know there's always something yeah yes. it's tough to be a suitcase um, yeah so as we said Jim is a Vietnam War vet he's got very repressed sexual desires he wants to fuck refrigerators he want to have he want to have his sweaters fondled unclear if you're fondling the sweaters while he's wearing the sweaters i think he wants to fondle sweater i don't i don't think he wants oh, the sweaters fondled. i think he wants he's to just, fondle he's a fabric sweaters. man so he and wants to fondle the sweaters not while they're on a the person the sweaters. not i don't not while think they're so. on a person not i don't believe or they so. could be on a person but it's not a, it's not about the person it's about I, the I, my gut feeling on gene is if it's on a person he'd be willing to fondle the sweaters also but it would be a little disappointing <laughs> <Right>. for <him>. yeah <laughs> uh-huh. okay what about what about a refrigerator wearing a sweater 
that's interesting gotta that's, find a big sweater wow yeah. that's oh that is kinky man that is really that <laughs> yeah, is really right. something he's the uh he's the proud owner i'd say very proud owner of dick cream um, I don't know what dick cream is or does, uh, but I might want to. I mean, I'm sure there's a variety of dick creams. I just don't know which specific dick cream this is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and he seems to have a lot of hallucinogenic fantasies about various canned vegetables. Mm. Yes, and uh, H. John Benjamin, who always has a very iconic voice, will show up as the canned vegetables. Indeed. Um, yeah, and his, uh, his, uh, climax, if you will, will be his, uh, I guess where he proclaims his sexual desires and proclivities and all of his fantasies to the entire camp. To a room full of children. uh, (laughs) (laughs) With thunderous applause. Yes. Uh, A great send off for him. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we go back to Andy, who is, uh, apparently been appointed to be one of the lifeguards entrusted with the lives of these children. Yeah, which um, I think he's responsible for the disappearance of four children that we see <laughs> in one day of camp. So yeah, probably not the right person. Well, to by disappearance, one of them is dead for sure. Yeah. One is a confirmed well, dead. He drowned. Also, I will say from the camps we went to, the lifeguards were usually the least responsible people at camp. They were they were there more for the sex than anyone else. Um yeah, well, I found out one year that I was in camp that there was um the lifeguards had all got their certification from the head lifeguard. Who was like their friend from school? No, yeah, that reassures you. <laughs> so it was just like before, like like they all like went to like the same school or something, and like none of them were lifeguards except for him, and like he had got the job as head lifeguard. And, like he told a bunch of his friends, like, "Oh, like I'll certify you as lifeguards, and we'll all go, and we'll all be lifeguards." <laughs> I mean, honestly, who can blame him? Like, what's the worst that could possibly happen? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just hundreds of kids in a pool together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although the truth is, probably the worst that could happen is one dead kid because, like, once one kid dies, like, I feel like they'll do like a thorough, like, figuring out. Uh, like, your you threshold know, for worst that could happen is way too low or too high. <laughs> no, but meaning, like, you, you're, I, I'm just, that like, you're is making very it bad. sound. <laughs> no, that, 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 that. How many kids die? How many kids do you have as a goal? To be no, no, Alex. How many zero kids zero. die in a regular summer? Six? No, I'm saying the goal should be zero. <laughs> How much could have been? I'm doing, I've been doing an Andrea Doria joke. Yeah. This. No, I got it. I got it. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But meaning it's not like 100 kids are going to die. Like once one dies, they'll put the kibosh on the whatever's yeah, going on. Right. But yeah, no, it was crazy. It was completely crazy. Um, but yeah, he's way too busy trying to make out with Elizabeth Banks to worry about some dumb kids. He tells uh, some kid, yeah, sure, go ahead, be a motorboat and son of a bitch and uh, go <laughs> off on your own. It's not, um, in, in Andy's defense, he's not just making out with Elizabeth Banks. He's also writing in his girdle. So I think that is something that <laughs> to be appreciated. Yeah, we skipped that one. <laughs> yeah, so basically what happens is one kid dies. The other kid's like, hey, I think my buddy died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, cut to Andy driving through the woods and ditching that kid into in the woods. Um, yeah. we it's never a full for blood. You kill the witness. Full, yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't kill him, though. He just throws him out alive, I think. Yeah, I guess in theory he could find his way back. I was so curious, by the way, I, I about how, just how they shot that. Like, what did they throw out of the van? When did they throw the kid? Like... Like, because you can see the kid rolling around at some point in the shot. And I'm like, what did they throw who onto? I'm so curious about shooting that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if we froze frame it, we could notice because I don't think they spent that much on special effects on this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole budget for this movie was one point eight million dollars or something <sighs> like that. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we got this great scene of like a bunch of just the random counselors just like hanging out on the on the on cause again here it's just like <laughs> it's such a non sequitur in this scene because like they're pretending that this is like a day of camp where people are doing stuff, but then it's also like oh let's just have a scene of like all the adults in the camp hanging out on a porch in the middle of the day because like that would happen, um but fine um and I would imagine never in their wildest dreams did they think that this scene would become the impetus for a TV show twenty years in the future right. Which where they what they agree? Show? Let's let's meet there... ten years from now. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's funny. I was listening to an interview with David Wade um this week in preparation for the podcast, where he was. It was um they interviewed him in anticipation of the new Netflix show that was coming out. Uh, I guess this was back I don't know five years ago, whatever it was. Um, and they wanted to like talk. He was promoting the show and like also talking about what hot the movie and like his memories or whatever. And he said he's like. You know, it's the funniest thing that's happening. I'm reading all of these articles that are talking about the new show that's coming out, and they keep referring to the, like, consensus and great comedy and, like, universally <laughs> loved Wet Hot American Summer. And he's like, where the hell were all you people in the media, um, you, you movie reviewers who now claim this universally loved movie, this movie was panned, nobody saw it, it was, like, in theaters for, like, 25 minutes, um... It was like he said, like he and like he goes out to describe like the like it was like it was written up in like two articles, two articles like in the whole country, and like one of them, like he was so excited that he went and read it, and it was just like the like the movie and like the credits and like where it's playing was like the review. He's like, that's not a review, um, <laughs> and like there was like one person who wrote something and they were like not into it, uh, but he's just like, this is such revisionist history. <laughs> like this movie, nobody heard of, nobody saw, nobody liked. I think it made like sixty eight thousand dollars or something. Yeah, no, uh, I'm surprised that that you know maybe he was just you know talking cheek a little bit. I think it's usually described as a cult classic, not like a universally beloved movie. But um, yeah, 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 I I, I agree. That's right. It's the way universally it beloved but... among our circle, of, like uh, Jews who went to camp. But like we are shocking. Yeah. So a I mean, yeah, I can't. Population. I as we think we are. I don't think he was being literal as yeah. much as just being like the amount of like goodwill there was that is being attributed to this movie for which like his like primary experience with it was like total dud that nobody saw and nobody talked about uh, until many years later. Uh, I mean, look, it's, it's like, not it's dissimilar just, from Party Down in that respect. It's not dissimilar from lots of great things. Yeah. Like not everything is always, uh, yeah. you know, achieved in time. He's got 38% of Rotten Tomatoes, 4.85 4. out of 10. Um, this is a movie that uh, everyone on this podcast seems to really enjoy to varying degrees. Yeah. Um, so you know, clearly there's something about it that didn't resonate with its initial audience. Um, uh, probably the fact that just people didn't really understand what it was. Um, it's a very I, mean, I don't remember hearing movie. about it in theaters in 2001. I think it, well, it opened not. in like two movie theaters yeah. in New York and like two movie theaters in LA and like then four other theaters, and that was it. There was like yeah. no chance to even see it, really. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, by the way, one of the one of the the counselors who sort of heavily like he's sitting in that scene that I was just describing yeah. is Jay. It only it only it only screened four times total. Oh, literally, uh, oh, it, nev- okay. it, it was never distributed. Oh, okay. um, it was it was four sold out crowds because it was probably like the cast of their friends or whatever. Um, and then and then it had like a New York premiere and a limited release like a year later. So, so this movie was actually okay. smaller than the ten. That's shocking to me because this movie is so much more famous. I feel like anecdotally. Well, uh, I, I, well no, I, so it did. It, it, it's. Uh, I apologize. It did go on to have a more normal, I guess, a limited release, but it wasn't just the four times. That was just the initial. Oh, okay. Thing. Apologies. No, yes. Now, now when they come out with a movie, they get you know to be put in movie theaters because people know them. At this point, they had just made the state, and this is their first movie. Yeah. 
So I suppose, so one of the characters I just wanted to note who we haven't mentioned is JJ. JJ's played by Zach Orth, who, you know, most of the overlap between the 10 and Wet Hot American Summer is everybody like from the state. Zach Orth is not a state guy. He's the one who plays the prosecutor slash nuclear power plant tour guide in the 10. And I wasn't really over, overly familiar with him. I was reading up on him. Him and Michael Showalter have a musical comedy duo called the Doilies, which I guess helps explain his connection to like the Wayne Showalter state universe. But because um, I I mean, Aton, is he a guy that you recognize outside of these two movies? No, not at all. I yeah. actually was like, I was like, who is G? I, I, I am beat him while I was. Oh, yeah. Are you a bit, you're not a big Doilies fan, I guess. I mean, you know, I, I went through a doily stage like everyone else. <laughs> of did, course. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've fallen out from that. Fun party down connection. Kristen Bell said on NP- in an interview for NPR that Wet Hot American Summer is her favorite movie. And she has seen it hundreds of times. Um, wow. We Much really like we really fucked up asking Aton on and not yeah. Kristen Bell. We just totally should have gotten her and said. If I knew how much she loved Wet Hot American Summer, I would have invited her on. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm disappointed. Okay, so... I'm disappointed that I'm here too. I, I got it. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd rather listen to us talk to Kristen Bell than be here. I think. Uh, absolutely, no question. I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather listen to Kristen Bell talk to the two of you than hmm. be here. So. Well, Av, when um, when that other aforementioned uh, afore reference, I should say, not mentioned guest uh, was unavailable in my time's availability. I gave you. I said, hey, you go do it without me. But unfortunately, you weren't either. I so. uh, I was not available as well either. Yeah, yeah unfortunately. unfortunately yeah. Um, so yeah, so they make plans to meet up in ten years. They they debate whether they should meet at nine thirty or they should meet at nine so that they'll be there at nine thirty. I think they agree that let's call it for nine thirty and everyone will make it their beeswax to be there by nine thirty because we'll be adults then. Yeah, by then they'll and, be. And you guys wa- have watched all the way through the credits, right? I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So they, we 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 will see that meeting. We will. Yeah. Um, and then and then an entire television series. Yes. That takes place in that much later. Of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that works well for McKinley because he already has something at eleven that he can't yeah. change. <laughs> Which is great. I I famously uh, put things on my Google Calendar for very far into the future all the time. I was about to say this is a very Chesterian uh, yeah. response by yeah. McKinley. Chester would actually be. Let me see. Okay. Uh, oh, it's Flag Day. <laughs> I mean, who has time on Flag Day to meet camp friends? Come on. It's yeah. I mean, 11 o'clock is when they hang. Although Flag Day is like June 15th. That la- this is the last day of camp, right? June, so 14th, probably June 14th. Oh, 14th. Oh, 14th. oh your birthday. Yeah, well, my birthday is June 15th. Yes, so I yes, that, it's yes. the only reason I know what Flag I, I, I'm, I'm mixing up the important days in mid-June. I apologize. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, did you share a recharging the mitzvah with Flag Day, huh? <laughs> you know, Flag Day, not my birthday? Yeah. <laughs> um, Coop is trying to pick the right slut for for uh, sorry, well, yeah. Katie's trying to help hit Coop pick the right slut. Yeah. Um, they're starting to be a little bit flirty, but they get interrupted. Uh, interesting thing developing here. Um, and then similarly, we have Gary and JJ who are trying to be wingmen for McKinley and find him a girl to do a little P and V with. Yeah. Um, but uh, McKinley is. You know, clearly not interested in whatever they have to sell because we see that he's off having sex with Ben. Mm. Um, and then so, for some reason, it's their wedding today yeah. in camp. And because it's is the, the last day of camp. Last, which, by the way, a gay marriage in 1981 <laughs> is is pretty incredible. It is not, not a common occurrence. I will say this whole the whole scene, the way they shoot the sex scene between uh, Michael Ian Black and um bradley cooper 
is just it's it's like a beautifully shot scene it is it is just I, I don't know how to explain it like it's it's there's so many jokes they could go for and they just let it play and it let it be this like beautiful beautiful love scene between the two of them and I feel like even in 2001 when they made this that was a pretty progressive thing to do yeah yeah probably. I agree I was surprised even just watching it this week at like how intense of a like a, a same sex sex scene there is yeah um, it's a for, it, for it's yeah period, it's, yeah it's a really like erotic, beautiful scene. I have to say, it's very impressive. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what this was. I just have it randomly in my notes. At some point, Beth is calling out campers that need to put out their trunks early, and two of them are David Ben Gurion <laughs> and Rabbi Menachem Mendel yeah. Shearson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In case the, the movie uh, wasn't Jewish enough, yeah. <laughs> who David are the you know, Ben Gurion, the, the first uh, Prime Minister of Israel, and the most recent uh Lubavitcher Rebbe, respectively um, yes and by most recently mean he died like 40 years ago yeah 1994 I think 30 30 uh, sorry yeah um I actually know that because when I first met my uh, my now wife somehow we were discussing Menachem Middle Schneerson as one does and and she had never heard of him and I had said how I thought he was really? like rel- relatively famous and she's like she who was not orthodox at the time she's like no there's no way nobody's not orthodox yeah. so I said I so I said to her, I'm like I'm sure your father has heard of him is what I said. And I didn't know her father. I was just confident that he had. And so she called her dad and asked. And um, and then and then we discussed and then we like Googled him and, and confirmed that he had died in 1994. So that's a, yeah, a had, had her father heard of. Yeah, of, yeah, of course he had. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he's, he, I mean, he's very famous if you're Jewish. Because only, because only for Jews. father has seen Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, of course. Or, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, he's, oh, yeah like, he's, he's the one who had to send his truck over. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's he was he was at one point the most famous person in the world if you were a Hasidish person, extraordinarily famous if you were Orthodox, and very well known if, if you, you were, were Jewish, and, yeah. and probably unheard of if you were any other person. Yeah, <laughs> outside New York. Yeah. Um. Another random Beth reference. Beth keeps saying, "I'm no Ruth Buzzy standing here." She says it a couple of times in the movie. Um, he says I it who, once, and Coop says it back to her. Yeah, once. Coop says, yeah. "Yeah, you're yeah. a regular Ruth Buzzy." So, so did you know who Ruth Buzzy was, Aton? Obviously, I googled Ruth Buzzy. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. So this is, and this is not the first time watching this movie that I've googled Ruth Buzzy. I've had, but then you forget each time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wait, so who's this, Ruth Buzzy? I missed it. So she's like, you know, she, it's just a throwaway line that Beth says, "I'm no Ruth Buzzy standing here." Ruth Buzzy is an actress most famous for Rowan and Martin's laughing, which means at the time of the movie. The reference is like over 30 years old. Even at the time the movie set in, the reference is like over 10 years old. But it works for Beth. You it know works what I mean? Completely confusing right. to me. No, it works for Beth because she's like. Oh, it's the type of reference that 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 someone of that age right. in that time period would have made. But okay, maybe. How old is Beth here? We think Beth is probably what, like 30? Yeah, she yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Molly oh, Shannon's yeah, character. So, says so she was 30. Then she was 18 when Rowan and Martin's laughing is like at its peak in 69. Okay. okay. Right. Uh, Pretty good. Yeah. That's okay. Right. The wheelhouse of a time. But of it's a really weird wouldn't... reference to be making in 2001. Because like who involved in this movie had heard of her? And I'm not. No, it's obviously. People, people do that. People do that. It's yeah, obviously. Dave, you, we just had a whole diatribe about how David Wayne chose a name because he was in a hot air balloon. Yes. Okay. His father yeah. was saying. Okay, so this yeah. is a name that David Wayne liked and decided to get into this movie. Yes. 100 percent. I'm high apologies. Yeah. Um, for so those yeah, wondering, of, Ruth Buzzy, by the way, is still alive. And according to her uh, Wikipedia, I checked this out. She retired last year, so she's oh, not acting anymore. Too bad. We just but does her. she like? But does she like milk? 
That is a really good oh, question. Maybe, yeah, right. maybe we I'll, could get. I'll, maybe we could get. I'll see if her contact info is on IMDb. Yeah. Does does they have her agent there? I'm gonna find out if she likes me. <laughs> see, that's the type of task that like Ali would give me, and then be like, "Why are you not doing that?" Yeah. You have to volunteer uh, for this. You can't yeah. be volunteer no, for it. Just come on my podcast. Anyone who wants to come on my podcast, I'll I'll know. I'm not gonna ask them personal questions about uh, yeah. whether they like milk. Um. So yeah, we have um we have science with Professor Newman, and now Beth has arrived. And she is she's uh got all the space knowledge um and now that uh you know they both have uh, i guess let let go the uh friction the tension they're now free to make out uh at which point he invites her to a special meeting at 10 seconds from now over at that picnic bench uh, which this was a joke that Aton did a lot for a very short period of time That's <laughs> uh, i was i was i was instructed to meet Aton at a park bench in 10 seconds on many occasions uh, but all between like the years 2007 and 2009 uh, that is correct and um he explains to her that through their science experiments that they, they've been doing today on this to be here the last day of camp we have discovered that there is some sort of object hurtling through space that is going to hit this camp at some point. We don't know will it be you know which side of camp, but we know it'll be camp. <laughs> we've we've been able to to uh, determine that to uh, that level of specificity. But the, I mean, thank uh, God that this I is feel the like only even camp. The U.S. government would not be able to do in twenty twenty three. Yeah. But look, I mean, let alone uh, <laughs> Newman on his telescope in 1981. <laughs> it's just just this week the U.S. government has uh, shot down a, a Chinese balloon over over U.S. airspace. So you know, I feel like this this movie never ages. It's always relevant. Okay, so here's my question. Maybe I missed this, but at a so did they at some point get more information that now makes them think it's it's going to directly hit the talent show? Because they become obsessed with we have to evacuate. But, like, maybe that's the safest place to be. You have no idea. You just know it's camp. It might hit an open field. Now you scatter out the kids. It's more likely that a kid gets hit by the thing. Now, of course, if only one kid die, that's hardly a tragedy. Yeah. We discussed that earlier. <laughs> yeah, they disperse them. Then it's not so bad, no matter what happens. No, but, but, yeah, I don't know. Is that really their plan? I think like, they I do think say they at one point that they've they've realized that the location is whatever the building is. Oh, okay. That I it's going to be that. at the talent show. I think they do say that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I missed that. Um, but it's okay because they have a plan. Mm. Um, their plan seems to be that weird kid is going to do something. Um, or that's just a coincidence. Here, here it is. I found it. It's according to this readout, Skylab is going to land directly on the rec hall. And they go, oh, no. Okay. When? Well, sometimes in the next 90 minutes. <laughs> and they go, the talent show starting right now. And that's, that's her line. All right, fine. My bad, my bad. All right, fine. That part of the movie, it works perfectly. Yeah, it makes yeah. perfect sense. <laughs> um, okay, what else? Okay, so, oh, uh, this had happened earlier, I think, but we got uh, Coop giving the, the team the big pep talk about yeah. you know, the big game. <laughs> and then, like, one of the kids like, oh, but, like, uh, this is very reminiscent of the South Park episode where the kids don't want to play baseball anymore. Do you guys know that one? I don't know that one. So they the kids find out that the they think that's like the last week of little league but then they find out that there's a thing called like the traveling league in the summer where like the best team goes and like play continues playing and they're like oh shit like we we hate playing baseball yeah so like they're like let's just lose the last game like they tried to tag the game so like they're like great great idea like, we don't want to play more baseball we hate it we want to like go swimming and like do fun things in the summer 
when they, when they get to the game, they start trying to attack the game. It immediately becomes obvious that the other team is also trying to attack the game because <laughs> they also hate playing baseball. That's exactly my kids, by the way. Baseball um, does not appeal to the uh, younger generations. Yeah, it's very boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love baseball, but yeah, I go, I completely get it. Yeah. No, when my kid said to me halfway through the summer, why are you forcing us to play? I realized, wait a second. If I'm forcing you to do this, yeah, we're not doing this anywhere. This is stupid. Like, they yeah. have enough other activities. I don't need to add this one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they have, like, kids speaking, all agree. Speaking of sports, we have the uh, the literally, I think, the only person of color in the entire movie, which is the black sprinter who captures the flag. Yes. Yeah, so I, I noticed flag. that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which somehow this camp is, and this is very hard to do, is even less diverse than the Orthodox Jewish camps that we went to. <laughs> <laughs> right. We at least had like a few Sephardi Jews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was 2001. So, um, we also always had like there was like this Camp America contingent of like people that came from other countries to work in the camp. Yeah, you guys, um, so your was... camp did not even uh make people work in the kitchen the way that my camp did, camper people, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we hired we hired outsiders yeah. for that, of course. Yeah. You hired your own jeans from the outside. Oh, so is that a thing at your camp that ev- like everybody was like in house, like it was like it wasn't yeah, there was, yeah. like no outside workers, like yeah. all tasks were performed. By... Well, it's part of the ideology. That makes that sense. Camp. No, it's part of the ethos. I never, you yeah, know, yeah. I agree that that's yeah, that makes sense. I just never knew that particular fact. That's interesting. Um. So yeah, so they uh, they all agree that this all sounds way too cliche, and we're not going to do it. Um, and I guess uh, the other team agrees, or at least they have no choice because we've we've told them <laughs> we choose not to play. Um, how annoyed would you be? Like you're the kid in camp, like you're going to play baseball, and you get there, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not playing." I'd be so pissed. You sat on that bus. I think it's exactly like the South Park episode. They're probably having the exact same conversation. <laughs> they're like, "Woo!" Back on the more time on the Game Boy, <laughs> straight back to camp. Um, okay, let's see what else we got. What else we got here? Um, we got to capture the flag. Okay, we still have Andy. Andy and Lindsay are still uh, going at it. Uh, but he decides he doesn't like her anymore because she tastes like hamburgers and she has barbecue sauce all over her face. <laughs> well, Rev, um, famously and- from Kansas City, you'd think he'd be into barbecue sauce, but you know, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, we have uh, Coop and Katie sneaking off. Uh, they very quickly go from like he says in the movie like we basically never talk to like now they're like it seems like they're at the very least like they've been like, good friends the whole summer right like the way she's acting towards him like makes no sense. Um, <laughs> she gives him he 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 gives her his sweatshirt, um, <laughs> but then she's cold. <laughs> so rather than giving him her back her sweatshirt, he takes off his flannel shirt and now he's wearing <laughs> this, this. Yeah, this is genius. Um, and uh, this leads to them uh, making out surrounded by the goats, which is a very, very nice touching scene. Yeah, the goats who shit in the infirmary. They're very good. Um, but she later tells him, this is a mistake. I'm with Andy. I should have done that. And obviously, Coop is crushed. He professes his love to her. He wants to shout it from the rooftops. And he, he, you know, he determines that I'm going to go speak to Andy. And he goes up to Andy and be like, hey, I want to date Katie instead. <laughs> Let me date her. And he's like, no, fuck you. He's like, but I love her. He's like, but no, fuck you. I like having sex with her, um, which is fair. And, um, you know, Coop walks off dejected and he bumps into Gene, who the great guy that he is, takes him under his wing. We have this like amazing training montage. They do all sorts of stuff, uh, gets Coop up to speed. Uh, he's going to be everything that Katie could have ever hoped for now. 
Alex, you were talking about the the David Wayne music making that is through all of his movies. The song Higher and Higher that plays over this montage, I think is the very best of all of these songs. It is like a perfect 80s song and perfect montage song. Yeah, it's very good. Um, I, I, I didn't think of this till now as I was describing it, but like the, uh, the way that Coop goes to Andy and asks him for permission or, or like to not date her and all obviously what's going to do is just drive him more. It sort of gives me vibes of like fast times at Ridgemont high when a similar thing happens. It's like, never tell the guy who's kind of a dick, like, Hey, you're kind of a dick and you don't care about this girl. So can I have her? Because he's kind of a dick. So now he's just going to go out of his way to ensure like he probably would have like forgotten about her, but for you saying this. Right. 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 Um, okay, should we go to the talent show? I think we're up to the talent show. Yeah, oh, just one other, uh, since I, uh, we're talking about Andy, um, the yeah. Andy's like physical, physical, like dramatic, exaggerated effect, cleaning up the mess he made <laughs> in the dining room. That I'm glad oh, yes. you brought that up. That, yeah. that scene is the best scene in cinema history. <laughs> it is, it should be taught in all acting classes. It should be taught. It's, it's everyone. <laughs> it's an incredible scene. It's like I, such a perfect encapsulation of like these bratty kids. Yeah, it's amazing. His his body language <laughs> when he tries to pick up the fork but then drops it again, yeah. and the impossibility <laughs> of throwing out the fork, the knife, the cup, and the plate is just it is yeah. it is it's it's honestly it's just like beautiful like silent film era worthy acting from Paul Rudd. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's the, it's the disdain of a teenager, like rejecting the notion that they ha- should have to do literally anything. Yeah. yeah. Followed, so ended by flicking the fork into the bin <laughs> and putting his sunglasses on it. Yeah. It was perfect. Uh, Paul Rudd is amazing. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we have our talent show. Uh, we have lots of great acts. Uh, we've got uh, our fellow Moose, who's uh, lighting fire from his farts, which is, I, I always think is very impressive. Um, a little risky, if you ask me. So, you know, that's part of the talent, I would say, the lack of the fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we obviously have uh, Michael Showalter, uh playing Alan Shemper, this character, who I guess we're supposed to assume the whole time that it's actually Coop, right? And then, like, Coop actually just, like, walks into the middle. Oh, I don't think or so. No. I, no? I never okay. had that impression. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so That was yeah, my so, read on it. And, like, you're supposed to think, because it's, like, clearly Michael Showalter. Yeah. wearing a fake mustache. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so like, I... So you, so you're so off. So you're saying that you thought that the people in the room at camp know that this is Coop pretending to do right. Alan Jemper. Yeah, he's but then, in the talent show. Not okay. that they're not that they brought in the the real comedian Alan Jemper to perform. The well, hold on. Show. So like, Alan Jemper is not a, Alan Jemper is not a real comedian. I understand in this universe. In this, in this one, well, because I googled, I wanted to know was this some guy from the fifties I never heard of. Um, so in this universe, he either is or he's, I guess, like some guy who works at the camp. Although that that, that would be yeah, but, but but no, but they say he's like Isaiah a horse belt comedian. Yeah, he's a real comedian. Cast, yeah, but he is a real comedian because Michael Showalter as Coop shows up in the same scene. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm saying. <laughs> My read on the scene is that they want you to initially think that oh, it's Coop. Oh, yes, 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 yes. But then Coop walks in, and you re- and that's yes. what makes it funny. It's oh, like, oh, no, it's they, it's like actually a, in the world a real guy. By the way, can I tell you guys, Alan Shepard's caveman stand-up set is not that bad. I was laughing. It's, it's very – it's uh, it's like perfectly Borscht Belt. Yeah, comedian. oh, for sure. Yeah. The thing is they get yeah. like – the 
it's like they get the cadence of it, but they're like they don't do any of the jokes. Like at one point, he's like, "When in my day we had the plague," and then the punchline <laughs> right. is the bubonic plague. Like, <laughs> right? No like, yeah, punchline. right. That's that. That's the plague. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I actually saw like I was looking up like best lines in the movie, and like somebody put that as one of the best lines. I was like, I don't know if they like. I'm like, maybe they're right. I don't know if they understood the line. No, that is for sure. They're like, there's the lack of a punchline that's read as this like huge punchline. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's like funny that like, oh, my favorite line of the movie is a is a joke, which is (laughs) intentionally not funny. Yes. Which is like very most, stupid for that to be your favorite line. Well, movie. most of the jokes uh, in this movie aren't really written as jokes. They're like very serious line readings. Which is, I think, why people didn't understand yeah. it when it first came out. Yeah. So we have uh, we have the, the performance of Day by Day. Um, movie trivia. In what other scene does uh, is Day by Day mentioned? This is a quiz? Meet the Fockers. Meet the, I think it's Meet the Parents. Oh, Meet the yes, Parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Yeah. He he tries to say grace to, and then falls into right. day by day. <laughs> day by day. To honor thee so dearly. Um so yeah. Um it ends with a giant cross though, and the crowd boos. People were with yes. it for a period. Uh, oh, I know like I laughed really hard when all the Jewish campers <laughs> blew the cross. It's very funny. Um <laughs> which is like a, also like a very curb thing to happen, also, right? That like you know, like some event and like also there's a giant cross at the end and like Larry freaks out and like yeah. attacks and like boos and <laughs> Um, uh, but the most important, uh, performance, um, is going to be from this guy, Steve. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. I, I skipped, um, where, um, Coop, Coop, Coop walks in. I mentioned that, but Coop walks in and, uh, you know, uh, tells Lee KV he's leaving, gives her back his flannel shirt, the flannel shirt as a gift. Uh, you know, it's her shirt. Uh, wait, it's her shirt? No, it's his shirt. It's I don't even remember shirt. anymore. It's his shirt, right? Um, like swapping and that... shirts is like such an important thing with like your camp, like significant <laughs> others. Yeah. Yeah. Getting, so getting, getting there's always a strategy to it because like you're allowed to keep. You didn't want to give something that was like too nice because yeah. like you know like all right, I love this person now because I'm 18, but like you know. There's a little strategy involved. Yeah, I love this person because I'm 18, but I'm really gonna love these sweatpants when I'm 37. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they run off. She, she agrees that she loves him too. They kiss, and everything is great. Um, and then we have this. Uh, it's this guy actually turns out to be Stuart, who's in the Big Bang Theory. Um, and Steve, his yeah. his ta- yeah, Steve. Well, it's he's Stuart of the Big Bang Theory. He's so he, yeah, so he's the dorky brother of um of JJ, right? Uh huh. He's JJ's brother. I didn't even get that. Oh wait, no, not JJ. Of um of um, oh, what's his name? He's just a dork in camp. Oh, are you talking about in the Big Bang Theory? No, no, in the movie. They say your He's brother's such a weirdo. Like when, when the first time we see him, it's oh, it's um it's JJ that. is talking to um what's his name? The blonde guy who works in the kitchen, who's who's prominent in the ten as well. 80 Miles character. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, his character. Gary. Yeah. So he's either Gary's brother or JJ's brother. He's one of them, I forget. Because the two of them are talking, and one of them says the other, your brother's such a weirdo. Hmm. Anyway. Nice catch. Yeah. Um, but but do you so, yeah, so, understand what Steve is doing here? I'm totally confused. obviously not. No, it's not. It's it's not a real thing. <laughs> okay. But but is it referencing think... something? Like is there is there some part of the joke I'm missing, or is it just red? red oh, red? I don't know. I yeah, I don't know. Steve, he's being a weirdo on stage, doing a weird thing, and it happens to correlate with exactly the time that you know they're successfully diverting the 
Skylab piece. So it, it seems like he's conducting this like crazy magic thing. But really, yeah, he's trying to use his like mental oh. power to do something. But who knows what? So I thought it was the opposite. I thought in the movie, he's really making this happen. No, and no, no. The science people are idiots that they think their thing worked. It was really... No, this movie, if nothing, stands for science. Okay? <laughs> this movie, if nothing else, stands for science. It's obviously the scientific effect of the 20-sided die that's causing the Skylab piece to I, I think I'm kind of bridging the two of you. Like, I, I believe, like Eitan does, that the science dorks are up to something and they successfully divert... <laughs> Um, the the calamity, but I also thought in the room that Steve was actually causing in the inside of the room yeah. all the crazy. Yeah, I th I thought they were just both simultaneous. No, that occurrence. that's the effects of the Skylab thing. Yeah. Falling. Okay, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes. I, I can't even say that makes more sense because none of this makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'll try to Google it, but there's no nobody says. No, nobody um, had an in-depth discussion about the mechanics of whether Steve or the twenty-sided die cast by the science nerd. Well, the, it, it, the truth is, it's 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 possible, but this is this becomes as we talk about. There's SEO problems on the internet that just makes it not worth your time to investigate things. I typed what happens at the end of Wet High American Summer, and apparently there's something very mysterious that happens at the end of the ten year later show last yeah. episode. Like the first three pages are all about like. What was that crazy ending? Uh, the ending explained. I'm like, all right, I'm never gonna find what I'm looking for now. Oh, so none of the three of us are like very scientific, but I, I think, and again, I could be totally wrong. Maybe we need a like a, a, a listener, Jim, to correct us here. It, my perception is that like the idea of like the randomness that the die provides, there is something to that of some respect, right? I, I personally, and I say this as someone, yes, I'm not a scientist. I can't imagine that there's anything to it. Like, no, I don't mean using a dice, but like needing to randomly generate numbers for the purpose of some kind of some kind of physical something. No, I don't know. I'll stop Why talking. Would they be random? It would probably it would probably would need to be specific numbers for for science to work. <laughs> science is usually not premised on random numbers, right? That's like the point of science is that like it's predictive and yeah, contested. yeah. I don't think you'd literally need the die to uh, make it work, but yes. Um, so right, you know, this right, this is kind of like was it God or evolution? I don't know. They both seem ridiculous, like like bridge the middle. So I guess that's what we'll go with for our ending. As long if if we're calling David Head Pierce God, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, hey, Tom, were you were you a Fraser guy? Evolution. I watched it. I'm not a Fraser guy. I couldn't claim to be a Fraser guy. No. Okay. Ah, uh, but we discussed Fraser before. Um, I don't know. Um, I did. So I, I watched a bunch of Frasier like five years ago, probably like four or five seasons, and then kind of just like ran out of steam. I would have liked to watch more. I really enjoyed it. Um, I got, my wife and I have been watching Cheers on and off for a little. Uh, like we started it, and we every now and then we'll watch an episode, and we just got up to where Frasier joins. So I'm excited about that. All right. Can we wait? What? Uh, can we talk about Cheers for a second? Because <laughs> sure. naturally, because I watched all Cheers a couple of years ago. And I got to say, the most shocking thing that I found watching Cheers was I know that like Sam and Diane were the like, will they, won't they couple? Like it was like, will they, won't they, whatever. These two people are terrible for each other. Terrible. And treat Agreed. each other terribly and abusively the entire time. I, I hope I'm not spoiling anything off because whatever, it's not really a big spoiler. But at the end of one yeah, season, 
one of them ends up in a mental institution and the other one becomes an alcoholic again, like falls back. Yeah, that's where, that's where we're up to. And she, yeah. be, she and, and, and so in what I've seen so far, so apparently she was in a mental institution and falls in love with Frazier, who I believed worked in the mental institution. Is, her, is, is a therapist, yeah, it, yeah. It's her therapist, which is crazy. She then introduces um, Sam to, the, to Frazier telling her you like, he should be your therapist and doesn't tell him that he's also currently my boyfriend yes so th- it's this crazy. is crazy so something we were all i just, too saw, young I just to, saw this last week <laughs> so we were all too young to experience in the 1980s but something was like critically wrong with society <laughs> in the 1980s if these two characters were the like ooh romance let's bring them together yeah, it's a good it's a good call it is insane that anyone watched that and thought, wow, this is a beautiful couple who belong together. They are like horrible for each other. They drive each other to terrible places. And at, there is a scene where they are literally slap each other, like, and it's played for comedy. It is, guys, the world has changed a little bit here or there. Yeah. Yes. Well, there, that, I feel Hopefully. like that is, though, a trope in, in media, or maybe it was and it's not being, of just like the couple that's terrible for each other, but just like they love each other so much that like, they, that, like we're supposed to be rooting for that love. I guess so. I think this is to such an extreme. Like they literally drive each other to a mental institution and, <laughs> and, and alcoholism. And right. alcoholism. Like I'm like, yeah. And then everyone's like, we got to get these two together. We got to get these two together. <laughs> yeah. No, I will say but where I am with the show, like their their relationship is like the main thing about the show that doesn't work. Um, I completely agree with that. I don't, I don't think they have like great chemistry together either. Like it's just like T- Ted Danson is like amazing. Um, I like her also. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Shelly Long. Uh, but I just like don't I don't I never bought them together for a moment on this show. Well, I have good sense. news for you. About forty something years ago, Shelley Long decided to do something else other than Cheers after this next season. So you'll be okay. All right, we'll have to check that out. And Ted Danson, he also continued to remain in acting, right? Yeah, Ted Danson. I think he's around somewhere. He must have done some yeah. shows or something. Ted Danson's the best. Um. Ted, was Ted Danson at that point in Cheers yet in the Ted Danson club? Yes, probably. Cheers was already very famous. Uh, yeah, Cheers, Cheers season, yeah. Cheers season one, he probably wasn't in the Ted Danson club. Uh, but I, I really, you know, Cheers is like surprisingly good. Like a lot of the jokes work. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it kind, is, of, it's, very it's kind of shocking. Yeah, it's very funny and very heartfelt. It's a really good show. Yeah, the com- a lot of the comedy really holds up. Uh, there's definitely cringy stuff of like, of course, there's going to be. Um, there was like one or two like really bad like homophobic episodes. Yeah, um, but like and, and some race yeah, stuff that's really sucks. weird. There, yeah. are, there also aren't but, a lot of black characters, and it's it's Boston, yeah. and it's it's yeah right. Uh, but the the jo- a lot of the jokes really hold up. It's very you know fun to see. Um, so yeah, well we've we've been uh, pacing ourselves through it, <laughs> uh, but we'll see. It's like one of the things like when we're like in between shows, it's like oh what should we watch? We and it's like oh it's already late. Like we're like all right, how about cheers? Uh, we watch one. Uh, we usually fall asleep in the middle of it, and then we just pick up wherever, because who cares? Uh, I'm not super invested in uh, the storyline, as as we've seen. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so this uh, there's some, there's also like a big lesbian makeout session somewhere in there as a result of whatever is going on there. So good good job by them throwing that in there. Coop's, Coop's um, new way inspires all sorts of things, no question. <laughs> um, and then we get a series of. Uh, events on uh, the last morning of camp now that crisis has been averted um 
where we have, I would, you know, kind of describe as yes, yes, no, in a way, as it comes to uh, mm-hmm. tropey rom-com endings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just like, it builds and it builds and then it whimpers. Uh, where we get first, we have the professor telling uh, Beth that he got a job working in Cape Canaveral all of a sudden from since yesterday. Well, you um, know, he, uh, this is again proof that his... 20-sided die contraption actually did stop Skylar. Right, I guess that makes sense. Right, everyone heard, everyone heard, right, everyone heard about this. They're like, oh, we got to bring this guy to NASA immediately. Uh, But here's the good news, you get to come with me. Um, And she's like, oh, wow, that's so incredible. And she goes way out there with, oh, and maybe we'll adopt a baby, which, you know, was moving a little fast, to which he responds, there's no need, you're already pregnant. (laughs) And and she is, apparently, and we we know this, to be true. Yeah, it's beautiful. um, to, you know, to end up thing, you know, a yes to yes end, <laughs> if you will, Aton. <laughs> um, we find out that Molly Shannon and what's his name? Gideon? Gideon Jacobs? Yeah. And the character's engaged, name is Aaron. Yeah. Engaged to be married. Yeah. And everyone is okay with this. He's Everyone's driving a car. He yeah, he's good. Yeah. There's in the talent show, there's one, it's just before a cutaway when Molly Shannon like, gets up to cheer and then Aaron just like moves his hands to move Molly Shannon's hair like ever so slightly behind her ear. <laughs> it's like really delicate and really nice. This it's yeah, this kid, Gideon Jacobs. I hope you hear this podcast and you're just like three people just appreciating the hell out of everything you did. Absolutely. Let's all let's all uh, share a milk to Gideon Jacobs, a toast. <laughs> yeah, a toast, a toast of milk. <laughs> milk was the right choice indeed. Yeah. Um and then the the final ending um on the best possible note ending this movie the way it should end mm-hmm. is that katie goes goes over to coop it's like so i was thinking it over and i decided that i definitely like you more but andy is really hot and i'm really at a time in my life where i need to make having good sex a priority and i just really like having sex with andy so that's what i'm gonna do for a little while and i wish you all the best uh, which is really tremendous because that's how this movie should end uh, yeah. in real life. Well, um, except, except, I mean, although, except for I'm, the other two people who get the most amazing endings beyond their wildest dreams. Oh, I was going to quibble slightly. I, you know, Andy is such a selfish prick that Coop is probably a better lover. So if she wants good sex, I feel like Coop might actually be more likely to provide. She doesn't want she, good sex. She wants you know, to have just, sex with a hot guy. She wants guy. a hot boyfriend. Yeah, she wants a hot boyfriend. Yes. Which, yeah. which is a more accurate, like, you know, way to probably say it when you're 16 uh, than uh, than the way she puts it. But, you know, the actors. Yeah, well, she's saying he's hot, whatever. He's cool. Yeah. Like, he wants to be like, she wants to be his girlfriend. Yeah. Her yeah. her monologue is great. His reactions are tremendous. Yes. Here, and... Showalter's so good at this movie. There's he is there's there's a movie he made only a couple of years ago called The Baxter, which it feels like in many ways, like this character here is eventually like becomes the Baxter in that movie, just like the spurned Sean guy. Yeah, he has a very familiar feeling to him that like I can't place, but like he feels like a lot of other like there's a little bit of like Jim from the office to him. Um, there's a I don't know he just has like this like goofy feeling like he kind of looks feels like um shaggy from uh scooby-doo mm. a little bit that's a good call yeah no he is supposed that that's why this movie ends in the perfect note because he's supposed to be the like goofy lovable underdog yeah, guy right. but just like so hard like harmless like yeah yeah i'm the nice guy blah 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 and he's the like, nice guy right, right. 
And then, of yeah, it ends in exactly the right way where it's like, nah, like this girl should definitely choose the hot guy to have sex with. It would be crazy to <laughs> yeah. choose anyone else. Yeah, at this point in her life. What yeah, does she need food for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, we have our post credit scene where it's 10 years later and they've all gathered for their 930 meeting. Um, who's, is it McKinley who comes in last? Except no, oh, JJ yeah. comes in at 935. That's JJ. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, did, he did not make it his beeswax. Yeah. <laughs> they all have their together. room. <laughs> 930 means 930, JJ. That's right. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. All right, Aton, I think you uh you sort of gave it away at the top, but tell us uh, how do you rate this movie? Pretty, 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 pretty good. This is five pretties for me. This is one of the, my favorite comedies of all time, hands down. There's like one or two things that don't quite work in this, but the details, the acting, the writing, the performances. This is so funny. I, this is a movie that rewards you for watching it over and over and over again because you just notice like. I literally, I think this is my 20th time and I noticed new things about this movie. Hmm. Uh, Av, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, I'll say that Wet Hot American Summer is pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, I'll give it four pretties. Um, I like it a lot. It makes me laugh a lot. It's very silly. Uh, the things that work are like work really well. Um, it's not a perfect movie for me. There are, you know, it's, it's, it could be, it, a movie could be very silly. It's still something that's like at times has to hold up to some level of scrutiny. It can't just be like, oh, well, it's, it's a silly movie. Like nothing has to make sense. Everything is random. That's why it's funny. Like, why does he say potatoes to him? Because it's, oh, it's so random. So like there has to be some coherence at some point. Um, so that's where, you know, it's, some of it falls apart for me there. Um, but, um, I, it, it really makes me laugh a lot. I enjoyed seeing it. I liked, I've only, I've only seen it probably like three or four times in my life. Uh, but I've enjoyed it all of those times, and I look forward to enjoying it sometime in the future again. Alex, should we watch this movie every day for the next week? Yeah, or I don't need to do that again. Um, I- I'm right in between the two of you, both in my rating and in how many times I've seen this movie. Uh, I have it as pretty, 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 pretty good. Four and a half. Uh, Av, do you remember? It was so long ago by this point. What did you rate the 10? Probably three and a half. Okay, and and uh, I probably Great I probably said something akin to what what Aton just said about Wet Hot, right? Of course, you said five. Yes, yeah. you had it on your list of best movies. Yeah. Aton, not yeah. not best comedy movies, best I, movies I, of the twenty tens. He said. I heard the podcast and the 20, I, oh, I the went into that podcast thinking oh, the there's no way huh? there's no way that either Alex or Av likes this movie more than I do, and I was extremely <laughs> wrong about that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's how I felt about a wet hot. Although I know I knew there's people who love it more than me because yes, it's it's a it's a really a cult classic and, and for a reason. It's yeah. a phenomenal movie. Oh come on, be a come with guy. Aton, who is your come with guy or gal or can of tomato soup? My my come with is it's just it's <laughs> Paul Rudd. It's it's Paul Rudd's face. Paul Rudd's face in this movie. <laughs> it's just this facial reactions, his sneer of his mouth, his his double take when Coop walks in with the new way. Everything Paul Rudd does with his face in this movie is my come with guy. I, I like that. Interesting, like that. Uh, interesting answer. Ah, what do you say? Um, uh, my come Paul with Rudd's gal ankles. is Beth. Yeah, Beth, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my come with gal is Beth. Uh, for allowing the kids to have sex, uh, for taking them to town and doing drugs with them. <laughs> yeah. She's really cool. Yeah. 
<laughs> Interesting perspective. Um, I come with guy. I think I kind of gave it away earlier. It's it's Aaron or Aaron, as he would say. Uh, Gideon Jacobs. Just <laughs> I love everything about this guy. And he he goes home uh, uh, getting married to a uh, a much older woman. So a uh, big win for Aaron there. If I could, I'd sit until 12 of you to death by my foot up your ass. Fucking assholes. Makes me to my fucking asshole. Yes. Uh, that would be Gail, the pedophile. Oh. Who is, what's going on here? This Listen, is Arthur's like, my kids to camp. This is what happens in Arts and Crafts. There's a the sexual off. predator who's, who now is, leaves <laughs> camp with her. She's engaged to my nine-year-old child. This is not what I signed up for. You know the the real asshole. the real asshole behind that is Ron, though. You know for for breaking Gail's right, heart. Right. So. Yeah. Although Ron did try and come back, but that's you know he already found uh, Aaron. Oh yeah, I point. think we missed. I we 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 did miss it. Oh yeah, that's fine. That. we yeah we missed it's a lot. Judah Free, um, Judah Freelander. Yeah, Aton. Who? Yeah, Aton. <laughs> well, he was not wearing a Judah Freelander hat, though, was he? No, he wasn't. Uh, no. Yeah. He uh, wasn't famous enough. Yeah, to to, to, to say yeah. to say what he wears in movies. <laughs> I mean, he, he pretty much always did that at 30 Rock, didn't he? Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Yes, but he was more accomplished by that. Oh, hi, person who's never been in anything before. Do you want to be in the movie? Yes, but only if I get to choose what hat I wear. <laughs> they tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Um, Eitan, uh, uh speaking of fucking uh, oneself, who's the fucking asshole? I mean, I, I think the fucking asshole in this movie is like a force unseen, which is I have, I have a tie between two force unseen. One is the Vietnam War for everything that it did to, to Gene and to, yes. to all the other uh, veterans suffering after that. And and the other one I'll just give also the tenure system. I think it's it's really tough. Publisher Parish is a very hard life to see what it does to assistant professors like this. So yeah, Aton's really uh, going against uh, fundamental uh, uh, American concepts here. But my fucking asshole is just Andy. He's uh, he's such a prick, <laughs> and uh, you know, again, phenomenal job by Paul Rudd. Uh, it, it somehow makes the biggest prick uh, still the guy who's going to get the girl, obviously. So because he's Paul Rudd. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah. Postman, postman, come here. here Tell the neighborhood what a shanda, Larry, uh, uh, Larry uh, David. Okay. Uh, you are lousy Jew. But you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. Ashanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew. Uh, do we have a postman segment today for a wet hot American? We have uh, we have two postmen, I believe. Mm. Uh, the first postman is Jim Crumbly, who says that oh, wet hot American summer was disappointing. He says. Oh. I bet he's probably he doesn't like the accuracy of the physics. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'd seen the TV show, but never the movie. And the movie was really dragged. It was 97 movie that felt like 197 minutes. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause. Jim Crumley had never seen the movie, but watched like the Netflix series based on the movie. Apparently. That's like Um, a very highly unusual thing to do, I think. No, I don't know. It's on Netflix. People say it's funny. Why not? Like, I don't know. Maybe people told him you don't have to see it. It's like, it's fine. You just watch it. It's a show. It's good. I don't know. Yeah, that's a show. Uh, that's a show. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, he says there's some good bits. And it was fun to see the original versions of these characters in a fun snapshot of their careers for these actors. Some other way up, like Camarito, Paul Rudd, Joe Latruglio. Some other way down, like Janine Garofalo, David High Pierce, and Chris Maloney. The buddy It's worth it as I mentioned, Bradley Cooper, Elizabeth Banks, like the huge movie stars who appear for the first time. I love Joe Latruglio as the shout out for the guy on his way up. Great job, Joe. <laughs> He says the buddy gay relationship between Ben and McKinley compares nicely to the relationship between Frank and Bill on this week's episode of The Last of Us. Uh, very nicely said. Uh, when about Hot American Summer, looking back 20 years from 2001 to 1981, has a pretty progressive take on the relationship, given it is still pre-Brokeback Mountain. Yes. Uh, but he, and he gives the episode two and a half out of five. 
He says the come with guy is Beth. She keeps the ragtag band going and scores for herself. Win win. The fucking asshole is Andy. What a douche. Hmm. And we have a second postman that is Zach Brooks. He says, I'm Zach and I'm allergic to oxymorons. Those green plastic cups in the dining room give me such specific flashbacks to camp. We had the exact same dining rare. I did go one summer to Jewish camp and two summers at non-Jewish camp. I wish I had gone more and I wish I could go back to summer camp as an adult. I remember the Jewish camp had a radio station and I specifically remember hearing TLC's new song Waterfalls on the radio station. Um, Yeah, I too very much loved camp. I did about four or five, oh, more. I did like six summers at camp. Um, I was always like both like homesick, but also having a great time. So like I had a great time and I was always, always ready to go home. But like then I missed camp. Like it was always like a a back and forth with camp. But like I, I really always loved it overall. It's such a fun time. It's it's a great opportunity to get if you can give it to your children. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of organizations that uh, really do a lot of work to help people be able to send their kids to Jewish summer camps because uh, there's a lot of people that really believe in Jewish summer camp as a way of uh, maintaining core Jewish values among younger generations. So that's uh, something you should give to your kids if you can because it's it's a tremendous opportunity. It's so fun. And you hit up to meet Bob new for people. scholarship opportunities. Apparently. That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but I, I could direct you to a website where uh, you can seek those out. Uh, uh, PJ Library the, gives a thousand dollars off. Yeah, like we yeah we like we got that this year. Like it's just you just apply and you get it. Like yeah. there's just there's things that people are very invested in this uh, perpetuating. So it's uh you know it's a great movie. Uh, it's a great cause. So you know everyone should support Jewish summer camps. <laughs> Except the one that I went to in Wisconsin in the in the early nineties. It's a great charity that helps fair that fairly wealthy people send their kids to expensive camps. Please, please do uh, another podcast where you unpack. Yeah, I don't think that's childhood trauma but, but yeah. from this summer camp that he went. Oh to. yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, we should do that. It's not just uh, me. Says, says, Ask anybody you know who went to that camp. It's always like. I've heard some stories, Alex. I've heard some stories. Those stories are, they get dark. He says he loved Camarino's getting shit on once again. I laughed hard when he crashed the van. Lots of good running gags. The come with guy is summer camp. He he too loves summer camp. The fucking asshole is Katie. And he gives it four pretties. I don't know this fellow, but I just want to say Katie is not a fucking asshole. I, I just totally agree. She's making the absolute right decision. Like the absolute right decision. Yeah, but I'm betting Zach yeah, was she... writing this from having been a, more of a coop than an Andy. Yeah, if you look at the movie from Coop's perspective, you can yeah. feel like Kate. Like she does, like string sure. him along and then dump him. Like that's not nice. But if I was seventeen and I saw this movie, one hundred percent, I would think Katie's the asshole. Yeah, but if you were, if you weren't, if you were Katie, you would think Katie's the right thing. <laughs> yeah, if I was a really hot girl in my life, yeah, but I wasn't yeah. a really hot girl. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I guess that's not a spoiler. Um, I listened. I listened to a you little. You guys bit both knew me at seventeen. Cast. I did not look like Katie. <laughs> True. I listened to a little bit of the Bechtel cast and they loved the ending of, uh, of, of Katie choosing Andy. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll... so yeah. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> next week. That was excellent. Yeah. What are we doing next week? I don't know. Are we doing anything next week? How, what's today's date? We're recording this. It's the 11th. Um, the new the new episode of Party Out is on the twenty fourth. We don't absolutely need to do something in between. Oh, we we yes. can. We don't have to do anything ever. Yeah. Well, of course we don't have to do anything. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'll be funny if we're just like, yeah, you know, we, we decided we're not doing Party Out season three. See ya, and, and the podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> that'll be funny. Yeah, we started um, people along for that. for several weeks. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, right, we'll so, so I, I would say this. We, we did Wet Hot American Summer in the 10, the two first David Wayne, like, written, directed, you know, produced yeah. movies. Um, do we, you know, the, we, we still have role models, Wanderlust. Uh, they came together. The aforementioned A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. Uh, do you, Would you want to do role models or Wanderlust? So role models I've seen and I think I yes. liked. Wanderlust I've, I've heard it a is bunch very... of times. Wanderlust I've, I've seen once. Wanderlust I've never seen, but I heard it's very bad. Um, it's I wouldn't say it's very wanna... bad. It was fine. It it, it was. I, I mean, I want to watch once. it if it's bad. Let me see what if I can see what it's about. I would rather it's about this couple, like this very like straight laced couple that like accidentally end up in like a hippie commune for the weekend or something like that. I think, but this is memories of when I saw it a decade ago. Are you reading the description right now? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, between the two, I feel like role models is probably safer. Okay. So we would just be doing that, that next week. I, I don't know. I'm asking you. Aton, do you have any ideas? He's not. He he, he stepped away. Oh, we, we, we lost Aton for a moment. Oh, yes, I see that. Um, um, yeah, I, th- I think, um, I, you know, I'd be up for watching Role Models again. It's a good movie. I'd podcast about it, even though I've seen it many times. Okay, I've seen it once, but I'll find I'll watch it again. That's fine. Okay, so okay. let's do role models. Okay. Um, at some point between now and when season three premieres, and then the next episode after that will be whatever is the season three premiere. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, whenever we'll we decide see. to do that. Yep. Uh, but I guess we'll talk about that more on our next episode. Oh, mm-hmm. hello, baby Ezra. How are you? We had a fourth join the podcast. Yes, Aton has uh, has has brought a guest with us. Oh, mm-hmm. have that bottle. That's good. Yeah. Oh, is this newborn the babies! Podcast, by the way, or is this just no, we're still going. Yeah, no, we can no, stop recording. This is, yes. I, I don't this know, is I don't the good stuff. Yeah, okay. I assume this is his podcast debut. Ezra, yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> all right, yes, all right. Well, all right. Uh, w- w- welcome, baby Ezra, and uh, yeah. So next week we will be discussing role models, things that Ezra is looking for, presumably. Uh, probably won't get any in that movie. I wouldn't recommend you show it to him uh, just yet. But um, Aton, yeah. thanks so much for joining us. Uh, where where can you be when you're not uh, feeding your uh, crying baby at eleven o'clock at night? Um, you, Anywhere? Can find, you can find me on Twitter at, at ebednarsh. That's the best place to find me. Mm, yes, E-Bednarsh. All right. What else? What else? What's your uh, What's your Super Bowl pick? Um, wait. Uh, I have to get this up for the Super Bowl now. <laughs> no, it could be. It could. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if you got it right. People yeah, that's well, you got it right. It doesn't matter. Like like any good Lebowski or Giants fan, I hate the fucking Eagles. So mm, we're picking Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, seventy-seven. <laughs> two. <laughs> Sounds like a fun game. <laughs> that's probably a scoregami, if I had to guess. So I would win oh, that yeah. bet. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You you have a bet. Will it be a scoregami? No, I I considered betting on it, but it was, the odds seemed wrong to me. I feel like the, a lot of those things they make them way too little. I, I'm pretty there sure was that a, the the, the Seattle Denver Super Bowl, the forty-three to eight, was a Super Bowl scoregami. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah. There was a there was a, there's a prop you could bet that's two hundred to one with, of will both Kelsey's catch a touchdown. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but it's so stupid because there's a prop of that will any offensive lineman catch a touchdown, and it's like plus three like three fifty. So it's like so any offensive lineman is thirty five yeah. to one. Specifically, Kelsey plus also Travis Kelsey has yeah. to catch one. It, like, it's also like all about props are, are by just the jokes way, to get people. Yes. By the way, play center. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yes, right, exactly, yes. right. It's not even like he's a t- right. 
It's not even yeah. like he's a tackle. Exactly. This, the scenario of, of a center catching a touchdown pass is uh, highly, highly <laughs> unlikely. All right. I don't know if I'm getting this up for the Super Bowl, so we'll stop talking football. But thank you so much for joining us, Eitan. Yeah, Eitan, uh, this and, and Ezra. It was a so real much. pleasure. Thank you for having me to talk. Literally any of these movies I feel like I would enjoy, but Wet Hot American Summer is really one of my favorites. So uh, I'll also I'll end on a shout out. I believe our mutual friend Craig was the first person to ever show me this movie, I think. So I want to just shout ah. shout him out. Craig W? I, I, uh, I uh, had lunch with Craig this afternoon, and we talked extensively about Wet Hot American Summer because I oh. told him I'm doing a podcast, so they thought ah, about it tonight. Funny. That's funny. And, so you knew that already, App. Um, I, knew they, I knew they were both. I knew previously, and I knew from this conversation that they – both were very into it and watch it together or whatever. Uh, I didn't know literally that Aton had only learned of it because of Craig. I do like that. That fact was not known until this moment. And now I am in possession of that fact. Uh, but uh, it now all comes together. All listeners. Yes. Much like the conclusion of what hot American summer, all the, all the plots tie together. And uh, we bid you adieu. Have a good night, everyone. See you <laughs> right. next week. Uh, hey. Role models, right? Let's um, guys, let's, let's get together and, uh, 10 years and see how this podcast yeah. has gone, okay? <laughs> All, right. All right. It's a date. All right, but I have something What's at on? 11 that night, so we'll have to... It's be, a podcast. You just have to listen to it at some point that night. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. Bye. Stick them. Ha, ha, What's wet and high? In three months long, I'll make a girl show skin in the week, grow strong, I'll make mercury jump out the thermometer, it'll beat the heat by the end of the song. Oh. I got the AC blowing, feel the hot sun, y'all. Mix tape and I make the tape for a bucket of ice cream cone, it's gonna run all over my Puma suede, it's 81, y'all. A-loving, I'm on the scene. I got three big wheels and a green machine. I got slip and slide and sit and spin. Now it's time for my mellow Chub Rock begin. I'm Chub Rock rising, and I'll break your leg. And I'm more than a 40 ounce, I'm more like a cake. So just sip this, rip this, before you miss this. You get hemmed up if you land on my shit list. Before Versace gear became aware, you get your shit picked and I'll be square. Real calm Vietnam, Decepticon. Ran through on cue, here's Mr. Blue. I pop on the rhythm and lock on the rhyme. I'm the master blue, and I'm known for good times. Like J.J. Walker, I'm TNT. I get a Flash. from the beat, the street, they love me. Keeping it tight, inviting all my people. Equal, legal, seep out of the disco. Just run a New Yorker Frisco. It's Did you ever sneak to your girlfriend's mama's house? Cause the mom's is looking good. Then you slide off the panties and lick on the fanny, but the pussy tastes like wood. So you drink water, go find a daughter. She definitely ain't the whack. She got a pink bra and a G string and a seat through in the back. Well, hey, love. 
and Mr. Blue make summertime real fun. So just stop and show your love for the ignorant three plus none. Cause it's a wet, 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 hot summer in America. Too hot to handle, too cold to hold this summer, it would all unfold. You gotta get what I get, what, get at what, get got. Somewhere in America, it's one for the money, two for the time. Come on, y'all, let's rock this rhyme.